What's going on, soccer fans? And welcome to the number one soccer-specific podcast in Northern California, the Sacktown FC Podcast. Sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. Check them out at roughneckscarves.com and raise your game today. My name is John, and as usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Luis, and special co-host, making it when she can, podcast mom herself, Sharon. Sharon Luis, how goes it this evening? Hey, for me, it's a it's a pretty good evening. A little bit packed. A, we've got a lot of things going on. Got a birthday coming up on Friday, so I'm kind of like gearing up. It's birthday week for this old lady. Oh yeah, no happy early birthday, and uh, you know, hopefully next year we we get to be in the stadium and we're able to celebrate. I know we were talking about uh, celebrating birthdays at the stadium, but uh, I'm doing pretty good too. Uh, really enjoying uh, being able to see the sun. For a while out there, uh, we've had, you know, for the last uh, probably four or five days where we've had some good sunlight and, and it's it's been pretty good weather in general, too. So, yeah, uh, all good. Um, still surprised on what we saw yesterday. I, I was not expecting that, but we just got to hope for the best. And I mean, we're still in the playoffs, but sadly, Reno has the, that edge on us now. Five words. Fans in the parking lot. Something's got to happen. I'll, I'll, we'll get more into that too because the reality is is it's just one game. If Reno wins on Saturday, which we'll talk about, Group A is theirs. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing because Phoenix does not look like Phoenix right now, but there's no telling if Phoenix regular season becomes the new playoff Phoenix. We'll see. But – uh, this podcast is powered by Reboot. Reboot is a nonprofit organization whose sole purpose is to help more kids play soccer while creating opportunities to practice generosity, empathy, and leadership. Check them out at reboot.soccer where you can find out more ways to be part of the program and help reboot your community today. Find them at You Can Reboot on Twitter and Instagram and online at reboot.soccer. So as we told everyone uh, last week, our uh, new partners, the National Folk Golf Association, is having a tournament at Emerald Lakes Golf Course in Elk Grove, October 10th. They are actually already sold out. Uh, they have no more uh, tickets, but that doesn't mean you can't come out, come and check out the teams, come support everyone, and uh, come check out our cart, which actually will be uh, hosted by our podcast mom, who is going to be uh, there in that cart. Uh, more details to follow as, as we get closer to that date. But uh, we invite you guys to, to come on down, check it out. John is supposed to be bringing a couple of interesting uh, drinks uh, from, of course, the local breweries too. So be on the lookout for that again as we get closer to that date. But um, save that date on your calendar. Again, October 10th at Emerald Lakes Golf Course in Elk Grove. So if you all have not seen our Patreon yet, or also known as our supporters group, The Squadron, we highly invite you to come check it out, patreon.com slash sacktownfc. You can also find a link on our website, sacktownfc.com. Uh, our supporters group gives you a lot of great perks that also helps you support the program. Um, but at the same time, it puts you behind the scenes on how we record our programs, gets you an opportunity to possibly ask your question to that person we interview, uh, maybe even get a shout-out from them as well. So please, again, check that out. 
patreon.com slash sacktownfc. Also, we invite you to, of course, check out our website, sacktownfc.com. You can find all of our episodes on there if you choose to listen to our episodes on there. Um, you can also find the Soccer Pulse column where Becca and Seth write their weekly soccer writings as well. So please check that out. You can also find out how our podcast got started, our story, which dates back to the beginning of 2020. So if you're interested in reading on how this all got started, then we have all the story on there as well. So please check it out, sagtownfc.com. So John, uh, before we get started, um, as usual, as we tend to do here and Thought we would play the press conference, uh, which uh, today actually featured Coach Balmar and Sarges. So they had some interesting things to say. Um, if we first uh, hear what Belmar had to say, um, he was pretty disappointed. He didn't actually have that many words to say, but we'll actually let you hear what, what he had to say. Extremely disappointing game, I think. Um, I think it's... I don't really have too many words to describe it. This is extremely disappointing and uh, and really just frustrated because, I mean, I personally hold myself to a higher standard. I think this group as a whole holds itself to a higher standard than to, to come out there and allow three goals again and, you know, give away another crucial three points. So um, I, I don't really have much to, to, to describe it, but, you know, it, it's one of those things we just have to continue to learn from and, and, and continue to keep our eyes on the playoffs because that's, that's quickly approaching and, you know, we gotta, we gotta get things right to go into that on a strong foot. Man, I, I, I honestly don't know at this point. Um, it, it's something that we've been talking about for the past couple of weeks and for whatever reason, it just keeps happening. And um, it, it's, it's extremely disappointing because I, I think it's something we focus on so much before the game to, to make sure we start on the right foot and for whatever reason we keep having mental lapses and and putting ourselves in, in, a, in a tough spot to, to go on because I, I, we don't give up these goals in the early stages of the game and we win these games. Uh, I, I've, no disrespect to our opponents, but easily for me. Um, it, it's, it's honestly just devastating and, and extremely frustrating to continue to, to let this happen. And like I said, I, at this point, you know, I... I Frustrated to the point where I just want to get back out on the field and, and, and make sure we get this thing right. Uh, you know, I, I, I want to win something. I know this group does too, but it's, it's time to, to stop talking about it and then just go out there and do it. So, yeah, as I said before, we, we could tell he was really disappointed. He didn't have that much to say. And, and I don't know about you too, but I, I think that's how most of us felt after the game. I mean... We were at loss of words, uh, what we saw. What did you guys think? So uh, during, the, during the show, what I thought was when the players got back to the locker room, they probably were not, they were probably a little disappointed in each other and in themselves and in the squad as a whole. Is, and that was the emotion that I was feeling. I was feeling, imagining what it would be like to go back to the locker room after that tie game which we could easily have won blame it on whatever you want you know the again the officiating was a little interesting uh to say the least but the other thing that i noticed and i know we'll talk about it later because you guys like to talk about this is the field conditions the field conditions for passing the ball were not very good 
In other words, all of our passes seem to get picked off if they were ground passes. If they were aerial passes, whenever the ball hit the wet field, it just died. It didn't travel. And so it set our team up for unfortunate circumstances and unfortunate situations that if we weren't running for that ball and waiting for, if we were waiting for it like normal, we weren't getting to first balls as often as we needed to be. So I don't know. And if I were Carlton Belmar, that field situation played into my abilities as a player. Yeah. The field conditions itself were, were, horrendous i mean you watch guys slide it's like they were on a slip and slide or it, at first i thought oh too much sand um on the pitch but it was legitimately water it was like the some of the pitch was soaked uh more than it should be and passes looked um when you played the ball you had to hit it with a little extra oomph and if you didn't hit it with an extra oomph you got counterattacked or you had a problem look at the last goal that uh Deckel um, gave up by, you know, a pass in the middle of the pitch, got picked off because it didn't have enough enough uh, on it to get to where it needed to go. And that was the case all night. I mean, you look at the way the Republic played, a lot of it, I mean, okay, again, you gave up a goal um, in the first three minutes of the match, again, for the third consecutive match. And gosh, I don't even know how many times they've done that this season, five or six. And you're playing from behind already? You can't do that. And, you know, in the end, soccer is a game of, of, of just being able to create chances and opportunities and taking, taking, uh, taking ownership of those responsibilities and finishing, which, hey, Tacoma did. Um, we just couldn't put it together last night. Uh, but in the end, it's, you know, it's points. You can't give up points on your home pitch. I don't care if there's fans or no fans. But I will say this, that was the, besides the home opener when that pitch looked bone dry and that feel was dead, this was the second most awful I've seen it in, were, ever. And this was, this was bad. This was really bad. Yeah, I, I agree with you too on the pitch. I mean, it almost seemed like it rained. <laughs> I, I had to like look at that and, and wonder like what what time are we in like is it raining in sacramento maybe it's just sunny and modesto but yeah i think it's definitely something that they need to pay attention because we can't have a pitch like that especially come playoff time you know should we actually get the opportunity to host uh, we have to make sure that that is not a factor uh, it's our pitch so we're only hurting ourselves and i hope that that's something that they take into consideration and that they let whoever manages the pitch um, adjust their sprinklers because, uh, yeah, that was really, really bad. Yeah, other than that, I mean, like you were saying, John, uh, I, I completely agree. I, I think Deckel's mistake could be attributed to the pitch, although personally I saw him a bit down in his uh, level. And I even – I think I told you, uh, Sharon, uh, have time. Please sub Deckel out. Like, he had a yellow card already. He was just at a risk of getting a double yellow. And we know how Deckel can be aggressive. And you never know, especially when we were down. Uh, he, he could have um, a really big, big mistake. And, and so surprised that didn't happen. I don't know if the, the score would have been the same thing if Deckel isn't there in the second half. 
I'm not gonna say like if Deco wasn't there, uh, maybe we would have won because same mistake could have happened or maybe another mistake. But um, I did think that we we did risk a lot by still keeping him on the pitch. But other than that, if there's one player that I think he made a mistake and that one of our goals was probably Sargis. Uh, I know it's this first season. He's still learning, but yeah, yeah, it's you. You have to think about the mistakes that are made, and especially now that we're just literally weeks away from the first playoff match, we have that mistake that that can cost us a playoff game. Um, but before I ask you guys what you thought about Sarges, let's hear a little bit of what he had to say in the press conference. Yeah, um, frustrating to give up three goals as a team. I, obviously, that's a higher standard for us, and especially to give up uh, an early one. It's been three games in a row, so, I mean, it can't happen again, and overall, it has to be better. There were good moments, but more than less, it, it needs to be better from the team, all of us. So you can tell from uh, here in Sarges, he's pretty upset, as, of course, all the players should be. Uh, he's only, you know, trying to like improve his game and have a better mindset. Hopefully that changes because as I said, playoffs are right around the corner and he needs to be on, on top of his game to make sure that we do good in playoffs. But what do you guys think of uh, Hayden? I don't see where, where you found a mistake from his play. I thought he, I thought last night was a really good all around game from, from him. Um, if anybody we're talking about accountability and one of the things he says is all players need to be held accountable. The one player that needs to be the most held the most accountable is the armband. I mean, you changed out captains from Cam Owasa to, uh, Drew Skundrich. And I'll tell you this, there's a reason he was subbed out last night. There is a reason he got pulled off. It had nothing to do with the yellow card in Reno coming up. His game last night was Probably one of the worst games I've ever seen out of Drew Skundrich. Uh, you go back to the first goal, um, and he, you know, kind of whiffed on a clearance and left Jordan hanging in the midfield. And then as he's trying to track back, he doesn't get the angle or wasn't able to keep up. I'm not going to hold him accountable for that one. That's a team error. The second goal, I'm going to hold him 100% accountable. His mark was uh, let go. Um, he lost his mark. If you go back to the goal in the 66th minute, he runs past his man. He lost his man and then he ran past him. His man, the ball comes right back to his guy's foot and he finishes to, to even the game. Um, and so, you know, as the captain, you got to hold yourself a little bit more accountable. And I'm going to say, you know, besides Deckel missing, you know, that pass in the midfield, the first goal, look, you, you got to come out hot. You got to come out with a better awareness with, more attention to detail. You got to be ready to play all 90 minutes. The minute you're crossing that line, the game starts. It doesn't start when the whistle blows. It starts when you cross that line. And it starts with your captain. starts with your armband. And Skundrich last night, um, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it out there. I'm going to say that the, the Republic could have won that game had, had Drew um, been a little bit more of a complete player last night. And one of the things that I noticed on that very first goal, you know, with the ball making its way through and the field condition, who slipped when he meant to try to attack the player that was coming through? It was Jordan. Jordan slipped and fell right into that swamp area in front of the goal. So he couldn't continue his mark, you know, because he was left holding the mark. And now the guy is on the inside shoulder 
of Deckel and Hayden. I don't know where Hayden was at that point in time, but all I know is that the, the player got on the inside shoulder and, and it was like, whatever. Now there was a lot of chippiness in the game as well, because the field, I think because of the field conditions and the way that the ball was and was not moving, it allowed the other team to get on us very early. And if you noticed, we had a lot of, uh, of hits. We took a lot of hits around the ankles. We took a lot of body hits, a little bit more than I'm used to seeing. And I don't know if it's these young guys just learning how to do all that, but that was another thing, another factor besides Drew Skundrich, you know, not coming out as, as strong as he needed to. Who knows what, what was going on mentally with him with respect to that aspect. Well, I'll say this. The first goal also, you look at, uh, if you go back and you rewatch that in the, in the third minute, you've got Jordan making a lunge in the middle of the pitch outside of his natural position. And who's flat-footed in the back? It's not Hayden. It's Deckel. So you have Deckel and you have Skundrich who's ball-watching. You have Deckel who's, in a way, ball-watching. And the, the player just slipped in and, and you know beat Brady near post. Nothing on nothing Brady could have done. That was a fantastic finish um, with a, with a with a lot of a lot of power behind it, and and you know top bend it. So you know in the end it's it's a matter of those little lacks. This is this isn't the first time we've seen it, and I'm sure Deckel was in there at the beginning of the match to kind of play coach on the field, and it backfired. It backfired bad. So we'll see. Hopefully they can clean that up uh, going into Saturday's match because Saturday is uh, is a must win. It's a must win. So the, the mistake I was talking about for uh, Sarge's, I, I give him all in the in the third goal for Tacoma. I think he could have he could have at least fouled the player. I feel like that was his mark. I I think he could have done a little bit more there. And if you see that third goal, the shot literally goes through his legs. I mean, I, I think he could have done a, a lot more there too. And and being such a critical goal that ultimately you know really put us uh behind and really put us uh, against the wall with uh, how the game was going especially five minutes till the end of the game I, I think that that was a really decisive moment there too so I think that's my biggest thing with him maybe in this game is that he was not focused till the very end and we can't have those little critical mistakes and if you if you look at that goal closely um Ray Serrano who's the guy who scores the goal he switches it up a little bit on him. He literally has like three seconds to do something and he doesn't, he doesn't choose to tackle him. I think he could have tackled him outside of the box. It would have been a, a foul. I don't know if it would have been a yellow red card, depending how bad it was, but I think he could have done a little bit more there. And then if you do that, you know, at least you don't leave it open, but I think he left him wide open to get that shot. And there wasn't really that much that Brady could do because it, it was, right because it's the responsibility of your uh, defender to block that one so that's how I saw that play and that's why I I gotta put a little bit more blame on him there um and then as you guys are talking about Drew Skundrick yeah he was completely completely low in this game I mean yeah uh, I'm surprised coming from our captain uh, I've never seen him have a game like this I think this is probably one of his worst games ever in a Republic jersey. Uh, I hope we see him do much better in the upcoming games because, as I keep saying, playoffs are right around the corner and we can't have games like this too. And especially coming from our captain, it, it needs to improve. Um, I know Co Coach subbed him out. 
I think that was a good idea because he just wasn't having a, a game there. Um, I did want to ask you guys, uh, because this is something that caught me off guard. I even went on Twitter and I, I, uh, I was going back and forth uh, with some people on there. What did you guys think about uh, Brady coming in as opposed to uh, us having uh, Rafi up in, in the post again? I thought it was a good idea. I mean, you've you you Rafi needed a break. I mean, he's this is this is the most matches he's played in gosh knows how many years. And playing goalkeeper, you get you get a lot more knocks than a field player because you're diving, you're moving, you're going left to right. So Rafi needed a break. I, and, and if you're going to give a break, there's you have two games that you could do it. You could do it against Tacoma, or you can do it against um, Portland. But you've got Reno, so you want him fresh for Reno. So you give him a break last night, hoping that uh, that Brady would come in. And I thought Brady had an excellent game. I, I thought he did a really good job of commanding uh, – had a commanding presence. Uh, those goals they scored, I'm not going to do anything about it. That's all defensive lapses. So I'm all about Brady Scott. I think it was a, a good opportunity to get Rafi some break, uh, some rest, get him recovered, get him ready for Saturday. Um because Saturday is, again, a must-win game. Yeah, and I, I mean, I have to agree. There was some chatter on the Zoom um, about why was Rafi not in. And, you know, there's there's all kinds of different opportunities, just like what you said, Jonathan, where you've got to rest your keeper. He's on the bench. He's available. Number two, it is a, a relatively, it should have been a relatively easy game to bring in a new keeper and have him learn the system on the field of play. And then we don't honestly know what's in the contract, the loan contract. There may be some clauses within the loan. We don't know, probably not. But, you know, there might be something in there that says that he has to have so many minutes at least. And so this was an opportunity to do all that. And you're right. It's great that Rafa got some rest. But a lot of the fans didn't understand. You know, I would say many fans don't understand when a keeper isn't, you know, your your keeper that you've been relying on isn't able to start the game it creates some questions to the fan base and some of those explanations may need to occur up front but it's you just have to learn to be a smarter fan i don't know i just wish that there was an educational opportunity up front you know (laughs) yeah and and, you know again yeah it was something that we all question especially when you don't hear of him being injured during the week or there was no you know talks about that but Fortunately, Coach actually addressed this in the press conference, and uh, we'll listen uh, to it a little bit here shortly. But uh, it, it, it was it was good that he clarified that because you know there's always the rumor mill. There's always people are always going to start questioning like what is going on and whatnot. Um, I'm with you, John. Like we can't blame Brady on any of the three goals. I mean, Rafi, you could put whoever you want to put in up in the post and they'll score those goals um so maybe that was a good opportunity there but it did catch me off guard and i think as i look at other seasons and you guys might remember you know when josh cohen was with us i know that the only time that he was put out of a match was when he got injured and then rafi came in um, for a couple of games too but he was consistently there in the post for pretty much the whole season and had he not been injured, I think we see him the full season. So that's what caught me off guard is that, and I don't know, unless, I mean, coach said it already, and again, we'll listen to it here shortly, but 
apparently he had some issues that there were nothing of course of worry but um he thought it was best to give him some rest and uh so he could be at his full which really thinking about it i mean we play against reno next match you do want him to be at his full i hope we see him against reno i think it'll be too much to put Brady up against reno especially uh playing up at reno as well so hopefully hopefully we we see him back and and he he doesn't get injured and he is able to um continue and play with us in the playoffs i understand that he is going to be given probably more minutes might be against the t2 and i wouldn't be opposed to him being given minutes against t2 knowing that we're already going to know whether we're first or second there's a good likelihood we're going to be second place but um we, we won't have any of uh the situation of whether we're first or second so um yeah, so let's take a listen of what Coach had to say in this press conference, and then uh, we'll comment a little bit on it here. I think, yeah, I think it's on it's on all of us. It's on myself. It's on it's on the players. Um, we're all in it together, right? If it it continues to happen, so I'm the head coach. I take full responsibility. I take full blame. Um, we need to figure it out. We we have to figure it out. Um, cause it happens every single game. Um, yeah, I've got to look into it. Maybe I need to bring in a hypnotist or something ridiculous. Um, cause obviously what we talk about in training and what we work on just isn't going in. We, we, we're just not, not starting. I think we come to every game right now. And the game's supposed to be about the players. It's supposed to be about Tacoma's players. It's supposed to be about Republic players, good football, scoring goals, whatever it is that happens in a game. Um, but we somehow end up talking about other things. Um, I think that speaks for itself. Um, that, yeah, I think that speaks for itself. I, I don't know what else to say. We, we should be here enjoying good football, enjoying good players. Um, enjoying what they can do on the field, but we're not. We end up talking about other things. It's it a switch for Rafa tonight. We, um, you know, part of the loan was about getting Brady minutes, getting Brady some proper minutes and some time. Um, Rafa's got a few little niggles and um, problems with his shoulders and his back, uh, so we just decided to give him a break, um, let his body heal a little bit. Um, and give Brady some minutes. Um, I thought, I thought to be honest, Brady Brady did well. I thought he, for his first professional game, I thought he handled himself well. Um, he communicated well and couldn't really do much about any of the three goals that was against us. So, coach said lots of things. Uh, I think the first thing that kind of caught my attention was uh, the fact that he mentioned uh, hypnosis, that he wants to get that uh, like he should probably get someone to do a hypnosis uh, regarding the situation of us conceding goals so early on in matches. I don't know if that'll actually help. Probably not. But um, I, I think it's it's definitely something that I understand why coach would be really mad at the players because, like he said, he tells them to do something else, and this is not what they are doing too. So completely understandable. You do not want to be down in any match and. I know we've seen the Republic actually play better sometimes when they're down in matches and pull up some comebacks. But come playoff time, if it is Phoenix we're playing against, 
it's going to be really difficult to pull one of these. And if you do that, it might be game over by halftime. But uh, what did you guys think on, on that? So breaking bad habits is a tough thing to do. I was reading an article about Robinson. He's a three stellar three-point shooter for the Heat. And one of the things that the, the coaches and the uh, academy teams had to do with him was literally almost punish the dude for not shooting because he was not confident in making his three-point shots. They had to break him of stopping, looking, making sure it was perfect, la, la, la. They had to break him of that. They had, And so there was a mental – and he's right. The coach is right. There's a hypnotic, there's a psychological thing that has to occur with our guys, and I don't know if it, it happens in training, but to break somebody of a, of, a, of a bad habit, you literally have to implement a different training regime. In other words, the minute you see that habit crop, cropping in, everybody has to do push-ups or, you know, it's, it goes back to like silly basics so that you erase that pathway, that mental pathway that allows things to occur. You have to retrack. And John, you're a teacher. You understand about changing a track and getting people out of a rut. And it's a hard thing to do and it takes time. But anyhow, now Robinson is like the best three point shooter ever. And he was like the most undiscovered guy that didn't get drafted. And now look at him. So it was it's, in reading that story, I really wanted to give that to our coach and just say, you got to do this next. And I'm sure everybody's talking about the same thing. You know, you, there's some changes and some mental reframing that has to go on with the players. It's all between their ears at this point. Yeah. You have to be able to, to get past this somehow, some way we uh, in education, even as coaches, we try to find ways to improve, you know, Joe Madden, the manager of the angels, He'll find ways to uh, the Anaheim Angels, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, I should say. He always finds ways to kind of create a camaraderie in the locker room. Um, and it might be he's bringing in wrestlers or he's bringing in uh, animals or he's doing something to change the momentum of the game. Coach wanted to bring in a, hypn a, you know, a hypnotist. Good for you. Do it. Do it. I, I applaud the efforts. Something new. Um, you know, we, we talk about hypnosis as a way to kind of take away scenarios or to help us forget. Um, but in order to break a bad habit, you've got to, you've got to have a routine. You've got to have a practice. You've got to have a, a, you know, a situation, you know, you can't just, it's hard because it's not cold Turkey. You can't just one day stop because you want to. Yeah. You might have the mind power to do it, but that's a very, very tough skill and there's only a certain group of people who have the commitment or the ability to um cold turkey it and to move on so you know it'd be nice something so, do something because whatever you're doing right now it's not working um you know you're giving up goals you're conceding too early in matches you're having breakdowns late in matches Prime example, last night, 85th, 86th minute, the, night, the, the match before that, Reno, right? We're giving up goals late. We're giving them up early. That's not, that's not acceptable. You, you have to come out with a mindset, and then you have to be able to control the game in hopes that it's not going to happen. So hypnotist, I'm in. Sign me up. Where do I need a coach? Let me know. Give me a call. We'll, uh, we'll find a good one. Have them come out. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I believe so much in, uh, in that really helping out. I mean, 
at the end of the day, we're in a sport where different situations happen. Uh, I don't know if a hypnotist is going to make sure that the ball doesn't go in the net in the first 10 minutes, but um, I think it's just a matter of being more uh, concentrated at the start of matches and and especially not letting a goal in so early on because it, it could really uh, affect you. Uh, sometimes it affects us positively, though. So might not be all that bad, but again, playoff time, you're not going to have the same luck, or it's going to be really difficult because you're going to be playing against a team that is going to be really concentrated and really playing it as a playoff game should be played. But I wanted to ask you guys, because yesterday we saw slightly different lineup than we did in other matchups. I mean, there were players like Deckel that you know came in in the starting 11. We saw Barona come back. Uh, we saw VRL uh, more consistent now in, in the midfield too in starting 11. But it seemed like the formation was different. We didn't even see Cameron come in at all, which, I mean, that, I don't know what you guys think about that, but I was really surprised not to see that. But do you guys think that ultimately that may have also led to us not doing this as good in the game and um, getting this tie because some players hadn't actually played in a while? No, you, you stayed with the same formation. I mean, the, the major changes that you saw were Marlona came in for Ash, but that's because that's, that was Juan's position. Juan knows how to play that position. Ash is still learning to play that position. You had Jordan on the opposite side. You could have flipped out Jordan, put Shannon there, right? You could have added speed to, to both elements. In fact, uh, Coach said in his post-game quote, Juan was the best player on the pitch. He played a full 90 minutes. First game back, played a full 90. I thought he had an excellent game. And the formation was the same. You're without Andrew Wheeler, so you have to have Jaime in there. Uh, you know, Drew sat deep. You had Sam and Formella on the wings. You had Carlton up front. Villian playing in that 10 role. So, you know, that that is where you're at. And I think that was a strong lineup. Now, it didn't perform like it should have, with the exception of one Carlton Belmar and Juan playing really well. And, you know, Formella was unlucky in the second half hitting the woodwork. But you look at that formation, the only thing I will say is, is Dekel, was that to rest somebody? Was that to give Matt you know, some time. I mean, Matt had played a lot of games, had a lot of minutes. Did he need a break? Did he have a knock that nobody was aware of? He was on the bench. So what's, what's going on there? Um, was it just to give him rest, get ready for Reno? What surprised me wasn't the fact that, you know, Frankie came on and Juan didn't, or uh, Cam didn't. Frankie, I think, is a better player, personally. I think Frankie brings a different element what surprised me was the change in formation to a three-five-two. You're changing the formation. You're bringing guys up front, and you're hoping that Frankie and Carlton can can create some magic. And it did get a it did get a goal um, late. They were able to bring and and draw awareness to the forward, so Roro could slip into the mid and and finish. That's an interesting formation, and and I think that's something that we might see. Saturday, I don't know, but Deckel wouldn't be the guy I'd have back there as a third. Um, you know, he's not somebody who I'm comfortable with. I think he's good for 20 minutes, maybe maybe half hour, but not for full 90. So we'll see. I think the I would like to see Andrew get back. Um, you know, Skundrich got pulled out. Who ended up with the armband? There's something there, maybe. Who knows? But. Uh, We'll we'll find out more as we progress through the week and, and coach kind of tells us what's going on. But 
I think the formation was fine. And there wasn't a change until the end when, when they went with that three, five, two and that three, five, two, it worked. It worked for what, for the, for the players he has to his uh, disposal. Yeah, that was one of the things that I noticed too, but there were some communication issues where we were clogged up and a little bit overloaded on defense as opposed to picking up some of the some of the other activities that were going on on the other side. And, and Tacoma figured that out pretty quickly when they saw us kind of step-footing it or misfooting things or misreading a few things. And, you know, it's interesting watching Juan come in for Ash or Shannon or whoever it is that's going to be back there. I missed Ash in the position above Juan. I would have loved to have seen him play that role. And I know, you know, it's it's also there's a give and take. We've got a lot of players at our disposal that can play on both sides and in those positions. It was interesting. But when Roro came in for Drew, I was thinking we just gave up some hype. But they both played big. They both played to their skill level of getting in. I mean, they, let's face it. Jaime has a great vertical. He, I mean, I watched him tower over guys and not get called for a foul. So he's got a, he's got a really decent vertical. Roro is sly. He gets in on things defensively when you least expect it. And there he is, he's cleaning things up. So I was, I was impressed overall with when Drew got subbed out and they brought in Roro for him. It was like, that was a good thing. I did miss seeing Cam. I know, you know, Frankie, we brought him in for a reason, and that is to make a mess up top in a way, you know, and, and create new opportunities. And those, we talked about it last time about knockdowns, rebounds. And I think he's that guy that creates those opportunities, and look what he did. So I didn't see much of Formella. I thought he was, I, I, I need to know what you guys saw. I didn't see much of him. And I don't know if that was because the ball couldn't get to him because of the field conditions of that. I've said 300 times or just what, but I wasn't seeing him as much as I've seen him in other games. Yeah, he, he did have a, have a slight bit of, of the ghost. Um, he didn't have the making of, of Formella that we've seen the last few matches. Could be the legs are getting heavy, right? He's played a lot of minutes. Um, last night could have been an opportunity to sit him as well. But you're also thin in the midfield. You're, you're without Andrew. Um, you're just getting Juan back. Could you have thrown somebody else on that wing? Yeah, Ash could have played that wing because you have you have the ability. Shannon could have played the wing. Uh, but in the end, I think with with Formella, it's a matter of he's been probably besides Villian, he's been your MVP on this team. I think Villian's had a strong year and is a good candidate for that. But I think Formella. He's, I mean, he's a scorer. He'll, you can light up a, once he gets a goal, his whole mentality changes. He, he is more aggressive. So, you know, had he gotten a goal, would you be saying that? Probably not. Had he, uh, had he tasted that goal? I think, I think, uh, Sharon, you'd be, you'd be hard pressed to say that, uh, he was disappearing last night. Just, just the thought. He was really close. Uh, that, that should have been a goal. Would have been really nice. It, it was a shame. I know, Sharon, you were saying like, Maybe it went into, and I was like, oh, that would have been uh, something else to talk about too. But I think the reason why we don't really see much of him in this match in particular, I think it's because he plays the wing. I think had he been in his striking role, which I personally prefer him as a striker, I think maybe he would have had a different match. But the fact that he was on the wing, 
I don't know. I don't know if I'm a big fan of seeing him on the wing. I think his better position is up up front um, in the striker zone. But I mean, it's true. Like John says, if he scores that goal, maybe we wouldn't even be talking about that, and we'd be saying like, "Oh, actually, you know what? It's he actually does do a good job there too." So goals do that to you. Uh, that's just how it works. And so uh, yeah. But other than that, I was gonna tell you guys. I hate to talk about the ref again, but there was one situation in this match that ultimately I think uh, could have changed the outcome of the match, but it was that goal that Parkas Magic BJF should have been given. I don't know why they called it offside. I don't know why, but what did you guys think? Maybe you guys thought it was offside, but at least when I saw the couple replays I saw, it didn't look like it was offside. You know, I don't know if it was him or or Darius who was next to him. I I, I want to be pressed that one of them had a foot off sides. We don't have VAR to our luxury like uh, the EPL and other leagues. So without VAR, we really didn't see very many angles of the goal. We saw the same angle twice. And from that angle, you can't really tell. The other thing that really irritated me, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to – with the field, was the gold – lines the yellow lines i thought that played a role in this um you can't see the lines from angles especially as a linesman those that gold on a wet pitch it's not going to be there now had that been there does that alter the call on the field maybe because the the referee the the official the might see it differently right he has the vantage point of seeing the line come across does that have anything to do with it? Who knows? But, um, you know, without the other angles, I, I will I will give it to the ref and say, you're right. Give me another angle where I can say the ref was wrong. Then we'll have a, we'll have a conversation. Yeah. Hopefully we, we get VAR one day because... We will. 2023. Like there's a lot of things. 2023? Yeah. <laughs> 2023. Oh, yeah, well, USL needs it too, I think. But like I said, there's probably not... They're not going to have enough money to to get it unfortunately but uh, there's a lot of calls like that that ultimately can decide games but I mean I gotta say like coach said last week at the end of the day you gotta define your matches and not wait for a mistake from the ref because inevitably they're human and they are gonna make mistakes and if you have to keep talking about the ref each week then that just speaks that you just didn't take advantage of your opportunities and so hopefully they do hopefully again this next Saturday, we don't see the ref make any more mistakes. I, I hope they understand um, how important those games are, whether it really defines who's first or second or whatnot. It's still a rivalry game, and it is going to be played intense, especially the way it ended previously as well. So hopefully, hopefully things are, are much different this Saturday as well. One of the things that I am looking forward to is hearing how Villian is because when I watched that replay a couple of times, that uppercut that he took and he had so much power on his shot that it literally ricocheted. And I mean, it was like a boxer's uppercut straight into his jaw. That, that would have like, it floored him. I mean, I've been in that position where you take a ball that's being shot and you take it right to the head, you're down, you don't need, and you're seeing birds. So it would be interesting to find out his recovery and how he's feeling and how his jaw is doing. Um, when will that be known? I'm sure we'll know Wednesday at the, at the latest. Um, you know, he was assessed. 
Benny made the call to have him subbed out. He walked off. He walked off, looked perfectly fine. Like maybe it just, you know, stunned him. But you never know. Um, hopefully it's nothing more than just a stunner um, that, that got him. But, you know, we, we see these in, in football, right? Guys get uh, their head rung, the bell rung, and they have to go through concussion, concussion protocols. This is probably one of those instances where concussion protocol wouldn't be a bad thing because it did. You know, if you watch, he was he was a little dazed and confused. Uh, but I think he'll be I think he'll be ready to play if if given clearance uh, by the medical staff to uh, play on Saturday. Yeah, I, I know when he was in the bench, uh, he had like a big ice pack too. I don't know if you guys noticed it right there. He was uh, sitting there in a chair and uh, with a big ice pack to his head too, but. I think it, it was good. Good call on Betty and the coach for subbing him out because we don't know how serious any head injury could be. And we, we don't see it so much in like professional leagues too, like MLS and other leagues around the world because there's more of a clear protocol on that. But in lower leagues, sometimes you don't know what can happen. Sometimes a player might tell them like, I'm good. I want to go back in. And you could see that happen more where, where they actually come back in the match. And so, it's good that they did that. I was really sad because he was having a good game and that just kind of just uh, moved a lot of things around. And And I think we probably would have had more opportunities because I think he was really motivated, especially after getting that goal. And as you were saying, Sharon, too, like you could tell that he was about to do a really strong shot. <laughs> and that's ultimately what, what led to that, too. But I, I, I was really enjoying how well he was playing. So hopefully he gets better. On Saturday, we're going to need everyone to be under 100. And, and I think he's one of those players that is currently at, at a good level. So it's that time, as we have in every single match review, time for our Mikuni Man of the Match. So I'll have you get started, Sharon, if uh, you can tell us who was your man of the match in this match against Tacoma. Again, you know, it's for me, it's a toss-up between Carlton and then late sub Roro, uh, of all things. And, okay, can I pick three? Like, Jaime, I thought he had a, a, a really solid game. I thought he did a really good cover, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I'm sorry, I'm going to pick three. <laughs> How about you, John? Do you pick three, two? No, 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 no. I'm going with the guy who I've been with. My, my, I'm going with my day one this year. I'm going Carlton. thought he had an excellent game. He had a couple of opportunities. Um, he got one play where he's like, all right, well, I'm just going to blow by you with my speed. Played around the guy, ran around him. That penalty kick gave him a lot of, uh, a lot of confidence. And he came out, and he was doing what Carlton's been doing, you know, and, and it's gone underrated, under the radar for a lot of people. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm going Carlton. Uh, on a side note with that penalty, uh, in the press conference, Belmar did say that he actually had to ask Derek for the penalty. And, of course, Derek was okay with that because let's remember Derek scored that goal that maybe should have been Carlton. So I feel like he, he owed him a, a favor there too. So uh, good, good for him for, for giving him the penalty to give him that first goal. My man of the match uh, is actually Podcast Magic. Uh, Bijep, as you guys probably already uh, would imagine from the past uh, two minutes, but I thought he he was really good. He was on fire. I mean, that goal, I still insist, should have been a goal. Uh, and I don't know if you guys noticed that towards the end of the first half, but 
there was this one play where there was a play that I believe should have been a foul for uh, Bijev, and he told the ref, are you blind? And I clearly read it uh, when he said that. And so he was already already wanting to get that goal, and then he gets the goal. And, and again, as we saw, he was trying to really uh, push the team to to get that win too. And, and we know how he is. We've known him this whole season. And so I thought he was the man of the match. Even though he had to be subbed out for that reason, uh, I still think that, you know, he with his energy, we got that goal. And I don't know if we would have gotten it otherwise. So our next match is going to be this Saturday again against Reno, 6.30 p.m. at Reno. And as we've said before, it's a must win if we want to have a chance to get that first place in Group A, which seems really highly unlikely. I, I hope I'm wrong, but it, it just seems like it's it's almost out of our hands. I mean, we really depend on Reno losing a match. If we do beat them, they can't tie. We need them to lose now. So uh, it, it seems like it's going to be really hard, especially with uh, three games remaining and good chance that our rival will be Phoenix unless something disastrous happens to Phoenix, but hopefully hopefully something disastrous does happen, but I don't really see it happening. Hey guys, I'm going to bid you farewell. I will see you soon. Thank you for the lovely opportunity. Stay awesome. Keep talking. Bye. Uh, letters to Sharon. Thank you for joining <laughs> us. Yeah, thank you for joining us, Sharon. And happy early birthday, by the way. Yeah, well... Celebrations continue. <laughs> all week, all week. <laughs> so you can check us out on social media um, and on Twitch and on the PlayStation and Xbox. We are on Twitch, Sacktown FC, uh, where you can find us, all of our social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, but if you want to get a hold of us on Xbox, Luis is there playing Fortnite and FIFA 20. Uh, gamer tag is at Sacktown FC, and then I am on uh, PlayStation 4 with the PGA Golf Game Sacktown underscore FC. So check us out, join us, match maybe if you're up for it. Um, yeah, that's where we're at. Take a look. Also, please be sure to check out our online shows uh, in just a matter of half an hour from the time we're recording uh, today, Monday. Uh, John is going to be doing the R Cup of Tea. That happens every Monday at 6.30. Um, this week, we're going to be doing Pasión MX on Wednesday. Uh, time to be announced, but it, it will be on Wednesday. So please tune into our weekly shows and leave us a comment as well. So that's all we have for tonight's episode. Special thanks to all of the amazing community of people that take the time to listen to us each and every week and also watch all of our online shows. As we always say in every podcast, we started this as a hobby to get more people coverage of soccer in Sacramento with the Republic, with the California Storm. And now we found ourselves growing to talk about everything in soccer, no matter where it's from. We'll talk about it. And we couldn't have done it without the amazing support from each and every one of you listening to us and watching the shows. And to that, we say thank you and have a great day. Here's everybody.